Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to different types of creative people about how they do all their stuff, how they hang in there, how it all comes together, how they keep it sane and don't lose their minds. Um, today my guest is a multi-hyphenate. Uh, Anthony Mindel is an acting teacher and a filmmaker and an actor and a writer, and he has a new movie that just came to Hulu that he wrote and directed and appears in. It's called Where We Go From Here. Um, I watched it the other night. It's really powerful and really well done. So I was very excited to talk to Anthony. Before we get to that, I want to encourage you to check out DennisHensley.com or DennisAnyone.net. Both of those take you to my website where you will see all the podcasts archived and all kinds of different things. There is also a button on that website that says Donate, and it's how you can donate to my virtual tip jar and it helps me cover the expenses that come with doing the podcast. Um, there are not a lot of expenses, but there are some, and every little bit helps, and I really do appreciate that. So you can do that at DennisAnyone.net. All right, without any further ado, here is Anthony Mindel. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the Hollywood Hills. It's a beautiful, sunny day. I'm in the home of Anthony Mindel. Yes. You like it pronounced Mindel? Mindel, yeah. Awesome. He's a acting teacher, he's a writer and director, he's an actor, he does a lot of stuff, and you have a new movie that just hit Hulu, it hit it. It hit. It smacked it. H-H Hulu. It's called Where We Go From Here. That's right, Where Do We Go From Here. I know. It's but a it's, good cosmic it, it, question. I know, right? yeah. I was like, but no question mark in the title. No. Where We Go From Here. Yeah. Um, I watched it last night. Oh. I, I started it kind of late and I thought, well, I'll just get started watching this and then I'll watch it, finish it tomorrow morning. Watch the whole thing. Oh, Dennis, thanks was so very much. involved in it, Aww. very into it. Um, it tells three separate stories, uh, and it, it's a snapshot into these people's lives, and there is something that links all of them. So, how would you describe it? Well, you just you, you should be my PR person. Well, yeah, that's pretty. The thing that links them is is pretty major and important yeah. and do you like people to know that going in i mean you know it's how do you like people I mean, to experience we can, the yeah movie? it's like a pink elephant we can talk about it because yeah. i'm really interested in social conscious film right. right and that's right. why you want it that's yeah. why you made it yeah. clearly to right. talk about gun it's gun, gun violence. violence yeah yeah but i also think you know it deals with a lot of themes for me that i'm kind of interested in exploring in my work of like time right relationship connection also like you know, in many ways, like missed moments, like w your life unfolding, like you get on a train and I get on the same train, but get off like a stop earlier. And what may affect you doesn't affect me like missed moments. You know yeah. what I mean? And you know, it's like sliding doors. You remember yeah, sliding doors? Course, I, was I was obsessed with sliding doors when yeah. I was, you know, in college. But, um, so <clears throat> yeah. And then also sort of like love in a modern age, you know, like, um, because I, thank goodness, there haven't been, well, listen, there's like gun violence perpetrated every day. That w that doesn't make the news. Right. And, you know, and I always feel like um, a violent culture is an expression or an extension of where our consciousness is at. Right. You know We're I mean? not acting out of no, yeah. you know, yeah. we're not just randomly well, deciding I, to I think express we, ourselves with a gun. Yeah. I think, but I think we like to think that, oh, Western society, especially America, we're so sophisticated and hip and and like caring and empathetic and right. like you know woke. Right, that's a big term nowadays. Right, right, sure. But violence to me suggests otherwise. You know what I yeah. mean? Have we really progressed that far from barbarianism? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm always thinking about things in a historical context, especially working <clears throat> in class with actors like 
if they're doing Shakespeare, let's say, or even a play from like 50 years ago or 30 right. years ago, not much has changed. Right. Which is intense. Yeah. You're reading those and going, wow, this could happen today. Today. They're still timely. You know? Yeah. What was the impetus that made you put pen to paper? Um, well, I have like a lot of different scripts that, you know, as, as you know, we were just talking earlier before we started recording. If you have a career in Hollywood, you can't just wait for the phone to ring. And if you're a filmmaker or a creator of some sort... Uh, or an actor or anything. Like, you have to, like, keep moving in the direction of where there's an opening, right? Right. And so I have one script, let's say, and then it's done, and then I'm taking meetings or pitching it or whatever, and then it nothing is happening with it. So I put that aside, and then I do something else. And so I have, like, ten scripts, but I think which is pretty common for a lot of writers. But uh, this script happened very quickly. I, right after, it was the day of the Orlando shootings. It was mm-hmm. actually, when it happened in Orlando was the morning of... Uh, the Gay Pride Parade here in L.A., right. June 12th or 14th. Yeah, it was the right? day. Yeah, I remember it vividly because I had fostered a dog to adopt. Okay. And when you do that, you put down your credit card, right? Okay. But I had called them because I had a few questions. So I thought I was still, you know, in the in the um, kind of waiting to hear from them to sort of move forward or not move forward or whatever. And I remember sitting with my new dog on the couch and the news of Orlando was was playing and I got an email that they'd run my credit card. So I'm like, well, I guess we're stuck together. But that, to me, was the morning of Orlando. And you still have the dog? I do. Aww, he's adorable. His name's Enzo. Aww. Yeah, he's the best. We went on a hike this morning. He loved Aww. it. It's all good. Um, yeah, so he's the best. But that I'll always remember... Uh, Orlando in that way, in but the, I forgot yeah. that it was also Pride out it here. It was Pride. It was the Sunday because obviously Shit. Orlando is three hours ahead of us, and right. it happened late hours. And so by the time I woke up, you know, it was all over the news. And I was dating somebody at the time, and I just remember we had planned on going to the parade or something. And I was so overwhelmed with feeling and grief and anger, and I just like outrage. Like, why is this happening? You know what right. I mean? And also, not that any, you know, like. To me, what was also maybe um, really troubling is, like, as a gay man, I think gay people have fought so hard to, like, carve our own existence in society and safe spaces for us to be brothers and sisters and lovers and friends and to for something like that to happen. And again, it's terrible anywhere. So I'm not trying to qualify a gay person's tragedy as any more than anybody. You get what I'm saying? No, but, but, but it's like I go, go to those clubs. Yeah, I know to go like into some things. Sanctu- it's a sanctuary. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same with like a Jewish temple that, you right. know, or what happened in New Zealand, like, you know, a Muslim center. So, you know, there's sanctity in everything. But but I, I found that to be particularly disturbing. Yeah, you felt right? connected to it. Yeah. And um, so... I just had all this grief and this feeling, and I could not. I didn't want to go to the parade that day. And you know, my right. boyfriend, I got into that was the beginning of the end of of, of us, right. because he was like, "I'm not going to let this keep me from living my life." And and I, I agree, but I just was like, I don't know. I just I couldn't. I you didn't just, you just didn't. You weren't feeling it. So I literally started writing that day. Wow, it was crazy. Like I just started putting my feelings on paper. Right. You know what I mean? And also. I was that relationship was challenging is kind of like in the storyline that storyline is kind of well all the storylines are about me in some ways but that was very autobiographical me dating a younger guy and the culture wars in a way right and, you know what I mean and so I just started writing my feelings about relationships down and became what it is and then I did a deep dive sorry then I did a deep dive on gun violence in America and, right yeah 
Well, what you do really effectively is show that everyone that we lose in these tragedies are in the middle of their story. And these stories are not like, oh, they had everything going, they were so in love. They're messed up stories. And the senselessness of right in the middle of, well, what did they get back to get? What's like, that's the senselessness of it. There is no resolution. And what I thought was remarkable is that it wasn't a traditional plot, and yet it was engaging, and I was, it drew you in through the whole length of it. In other, wor- in other words, it didn't follow like a structure of, well, this is your inciting event, and then this, and then this. Right. It was yeah. just like these interesting relationships in these three very different environments. Uh, one is actually in Paris, which is amazing. Um, and, it, and, the, and, you, and it shows that the, the people this happens to are not always like, the perfect family, and this happened. There are people living rich, full lives, just like all of us are. And well, it's, yeah. and I thought that was uh, a relatively new perspective for me, and very effective. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Well, I think also we, uh, I think relationships. Uh, listen, I can only speak for myself. Like, I think relationships can be tricky, and and also beautiful, and messy, and maddening, and humbling, and it's all of it. And I'm right. interested in not just painting this. I also think we do this to ourselves in culture, like whether it's movies or there's this image painted of like the perfect couple or the happy couple or, but we don't, we're, nobody is on the inside seeing, okay, their happiness could be displayed outerly. Right. And it, and also just because people fight or have disagreements doesn't still mean you can have a happy existence with right. someone. But the picture that's painted that then I think creates a lot of heartache for people who struggle in relationships because it seems like. Oh, if they I have all the that, answers. Yes, that's right. If I have that kind of relationship, this is why I think people keep searching. You know, for me, like I'm in a, a really great relationship right now. It's been two years. It's almost two years. Well done. And thank you. And sometimes when I'm like, what the, why am I, my parents have been together for 62 years. So I'm right. like, holy hell. And I'm, you know, but I guess my thing is, is like, whenever I'm like, why am I in this? And it would be so much easier to just be single and be free and, you know, can I cuss on here yeah, or whatever? Yeah, for sure. Like, go fuck around or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just whatever. Not have these kind of commitments. Then I realized, like, okay, but it's all my stuff, just like you have your stuff. And that is going to come up again with somebody else. Like, we're we're destined to repeat the sort of right. habits and patterns we have to overcome. And somebody, is, somebody who's great for us is a mirror of that stuff for us. So anytime I want to, like, I'm out, I realize, like, well, where am I out to? I'm going to go into something else with someone that's Yeah, a lot of this stuff is going to travel with me. That's right, yeah. Yeah. The gay relationship that's one of the vignettes, you play one of the characters. Oh, Lord. And you You do a very good job. I know. You give give us a love scene. You give us nudity. How was that? Well, I'm trying to be very French, as you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really... um, You know, it was super fun. I mean, I... Anybody who knows my work, like, I... I started as an actor, and I lived in New York, and I was working a lot theatrically, and performed at the Hollywood Bowl like 10 years ago, more than that now, Jesus, 15 years ago. Um, But I, my philosophies about art and activism, which is a lot of how I teach, and the sort of power of the artists, storytelling, you know, we're all storytellers, not just actors, right? Right. So I became more passionate about articulating... um, a way for artists to live in this world in an impactful way because sometimes artists are disempowered. You know right. what I mean? And so I myself started moving away from acting, but then when we were in casting for this, 
I the casting director was like, why don't you just do this? Because we were reading people. They were all great, but, yeah. you know, and I would read with them. And he was like, why don't you do this? And I was like, Ugh. And then I was like, okay, I need to face my fear. So right. I did it. And yeah. it was super fun. Yeah, and how was it directing yourself? Like the physical, like going to look at the monitor and... Yeah, I like, had all my, my heavy days. I had one of my associates at our school here, Lindsay Frame, who's amazing. Yeah. And she like co-teaches master classes with me. And I was like, Lindsay, please come on set and be my coach on those days just to make sure right. I'm like not embarrassing myself. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and she did. And I was like, how was it? Because I didn't really want to look unless there was an issue. And she was always like, it's great. Now try that. Or it's great. And do this, you know? I was reading in the press release that you work with a lot of the actors that you teach in the film. Yes. And that you guys have a shorthand oh, together that made, yes. it, that made it quicker to, to, to Dennis, do. Dennis, we shot this movie in 10 days. Including, wow. including going to Paris. Now, that doesn't mean ten consecutive days. days. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we shot... So we, each story was shot three, like around three days. Three, four... Well, I think Paris maybe had four days because of Paris. Yeah. We just... We're flying. We're just like, we were covering like 13 pages a day. What is it about the way you communicate with the actors that study with you that made that? You know, they just can, they just go on a dime. It's really exciting. Like they don't overthink it. Once they, you know, I'm very specific and detailed about what I'm looking for, what I want, but I, but I'm always about letting the actor then within that arena show me how they do it. It's all about the actor, right? But right. sometimes it's just about the actor being given permission to do it because sometimes actors can be really tentative about, is this right? Is this too much? Well, what would this look like? And I'm like, fuck all that. Just show me, right? And then the, the amount of play that we have access to creates, I think, some of the best work. You know, it was fascinating because in Paris, I don't speak any French, which is also really incredible. Right, and the, and the whole, uh, that whole storyline is in French. I love it. Uh, and it's really interesting and really beautiful. And those actors, the actors like, are so they're good. They're so amazing, right? And so we did have, like, we did have a prep day there where they had the whole, uh, their whole story translated into French. So we had one day where we just hung out and, you know, drank, drunk, like, uh, French coffee and had like pastries and croissants and we were just like talking about the script and making sure all the translations were colloquial and made sense right right and then so that was pretty much it so then once we started filming my notes for them often would be like okay did you guys say everything correctly and they were like we and I was like okay we're moving on like right. I didn't really I mean of course I directed but I felt badly sometimes because I was like I'm not even directing these people and then afterwards the actors were like oh my god Tony this was like the most amazing experience ever and I was like really I didn't do much but were there actors that, were those actors that you had studied that, two of them uh, are so one yeah. is at our LA school I just right. taught her last night and uh, the other one was at our London school yeah and then the beauty of it is Justine who's based here she plays Mathilde Matilda. The main she, girl. No, that she, that's her best friend. Okay, that's her best friend. friends. Okay. Yeah. So she called her up and was like, do you want to do this movie? Yeah. So there was a there was already a shorthand because these people knew each other. Right. And then Nicholas, who was uh, Camille's friend, he doesn't really act anymore, which is interesting. Yeah. And he had lost three friends of his at the Bataclan. Right. Which is, which is, oh my God. So it was really personal for him. Oh my and, God. Yeah. I don't even think he's seen the movie yet. Wow. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of love in Paris, in in France yet. Oh, in terms of the no, screening of the movie, yes. Well, it's it, you know we live here, but it feels like it's more of an American problem than it is in other places. It's although true. it certainly does happen in other places. Well, look, it just happened in Germany. Yeah. I also think, and you know, to me on the festival circuit and the Q and As I had, which were really amazing and thoughtful with um, the audience, 
But one of the things I realized watching it again, because, you know, anybody who doesn't know anything about film, especially indie film, it take you shoot it, well, you write it, and then you shoot it, and then in post, it can be, and then by the time it comes out or gets a distributor, like in our case, thank God, Wolf Video, thank you, Wolf, um, it could be two years. And now I'm looking back, and the things I wrote about immigration and xenophobia, xenophobia, and like the right-wingism is more pronounced today than when I wrote it. Oh, for sure. Which is disturbing, and that is happening all over. Like, right. America leads in a way, right? whether we like it or not. Yeah. Uh, the Why did you decide to do Paris? Well, for me, when I was, when I, after I had written the Orlando piece, I, I just was like, okay, well, I don't know, guns, like, right? It's like too, it's such a big subject. And I, I just wanted to always keep it grounded in the personal. And then I was doing research on, on other shootings. And I do remember the Paris shootings pretty vividly. And then I came across this video of this woman who, when you watch the movie, you'll see she was I, hanging it, out. It was literally the footage in the movie was the yes. real footage. I wanted to ask you and that. And originally, in a different cut of this movie, we replicated that shot by shot. Yeah. So there was a man that I interviewed, <clears throat> Daniel uh, Fenning is his name. He was across the alleyway of the Bataclan, and he shot on his iPhone or his smartphone, whatever, the people streaming out, escaping from the shootings. And people, him calling out from the windowsill across the way, like, what's happening? And somebody screams up at him, it's a shooting. And he records it all on his phone. Later on, the, that video lasts for like four minutes or something. Then he went downstairs, and he himself got shot. He survived. But weirdly enough, when I interviewed him in Paris, he, um, his phone was still on, but, and he was holding it. And the, the gunman shot at him. And the phone, it hit the phone, if I remember correctly, and then it went through his hand. So he's, he's lost a lot of mobility and dexterity in his hand. But the gun, the phone has stopped. He still has the phone at the time that the bullet hit it. Right. right? But the file memory, exists. Yeah, yeah, of it. But Holy shit. to your point, so when I was, so this video is pretty famous at the time, and I was, like I said, doing a dive, and then came across it and I was like oh my god who is this woman and what's her story survive? what's her story and the amazing thing about this is still to this day she has never come forward nobody she's, knows nobody knows who she is and I think this is so incredible because in our culture nowadays where everybody knows everything about iPhones yeah. and Instagram and social media and using you know our notoriety she's remained private and anonymous she was pregnant when she was hanging out the window we know that because we know that she it. did have a baby and she's okay. i know that she has you know given birth and i think she's having a hopefully a really beautiful life yeah. and i just found that to be intriguing she captured your imagination yeah who was that so woman? i was like who i just that was all made up for me yeah the actors are so good they're really good all of them i love the actor that plays opposite you Oh, um, that is really great. Yeah. Uh, that is great. I hadn't seen him before in, in anything, and he's terrific. I know. They should all be, uh, yeah. like, superstars in a way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I love that there was a lot of other languages. There's not... It just, there's Spanish, French. That's there's, right. There's a long, long scenes in Spanish. Yeah. Um, and... Well, that's also based off of my cleaning lady. I'm yeah. I'm really good friends with her. Yeah. And she's been cleaning my house forever, and her story is fascinating. And, you know, I just... People who inspire me, I want to write about them or for right. them in some way. and. She was really moved by it, you know. In the gay uh, section, you were wrestling with the idea of monogamy and hooking up, and and I think it's stuff that's everyone's sort of thinking about now. Are and you single? I, I am single. Okay. 
And, um, but I think also in the era of prep, I think there's this feeling of like, woo! And then on the one hand, I'm like, yes, finally. Like, like you don't have to feel like there's right. a, the, the, the yeah. death yeah, in, yeah. The, the ghost in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And isn't that wonderful? But also what goes with that? Especially when you're trying to... Um, STDs. Yeah, <laughs> which you talk about. Go with that. But also, you know, also oh, when you're yeah. trying to build something, oh, and yeah. and I think I don't think one negates the other. No. But I think these are very newer mm-hmm. discussions yeah. that people are having yeah. because of yeah. advances that have been made. Yeah. And uh, what I mean, made you want to write about that? Well, Was that what you were dealing with? Yeah, I mean, not in that relationship, and like yeah. in the relationship I'm in right now, we're monogamous, and but you know, but. Who knows? I mean, I'm I'm also open to how how I think again. How do we not uh, adopt a heteronormative lifestyle if that doesn't work for us? You know what I mean? Right. Like, as queer people, as binary people, as just as human beings, it can be whatever it wants right. to be, right? And that's right. a beautiful aspect. Obviously, gay people or queer people are more plugged into the fluidity of that maybe than straight people, right? Because I also think straight people, by design and by sort of the societal. Um, I don't know, relationship dogma of how a relationship is supposed to look to yeah. death do us part. Right. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. stuck in these structures. And I'm not I'm not advocating one is better. You know no. what I mean? This again is the problem. I have some very unhappy straight friends who've been married for a long time and want to get a divorce, but they don't know how to get a divorce because right. they feel like they've signed this paper that says Forever and ever. Right. And that they're betraying their vows or worse, letting down their family if they Right. They feel pressure yes. so, from the outside. Yeah. I mean, for me, sometimes, like, the fantasy... I, and I also have, like... I have a good gay friend who has been with his partner for a long time, and he tried to do Thruple. Not, not right. the, the app. I think there was an app called Thruple. But oh. they, they're... He... Somebody... They brought somebody into the relationship, and, of course, it created drama! Right. Because it, oh, it will. Because somebody... If you and I are together... And we're happy, but we bring someone in. Somebody is going to like somebody else more. Yeah, it's not going to be that totally. Even. You have yeah. to be kind of a baby Buddha, I think. Yeah, because to be not insecure. Yeah, for sure. So I have always found it on paper. It's super yeah. hot. Yeah, but the practicalness of it. But, yeah. but that's just me, folks. You all like float your yeah, boats. Yeah, people need to do what works of for course. them. And sometimes, like, I follow some dirty Twitter, like some of the dirty oh, Twitter people. is there a thing called dirty Twitter? I call it dirty okay, Twitter. But yeah, there are people who are okay. really living their sex lives uh-huh. in a very... Out loud, yeah. And, and sometimes I sort of like, wow, good for you. Like, look at that. Good for you. And then, like, there'll be a week where they, like, <laughs> write a whole monologue about how depressed they are. Oh, yeah. You know, they really, like, I haven't been and I've been... like, And you're like, shit, that's dark yeah go back to showing your hole yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but no i mean i don't know but but can i make a point about this yeah. but I, also for me as a gay man and also you and i are about the same age so i yeah. we can we can go off on this tangent because i think it's important i <clears throat> we grew up at the end of the aids crisis well yeah the end yeah, of the AIDS no, crisis. It was, so uh, yeah. i was in new york in the 90s yeah and so and obviously the aids crisis so i was in my 20s in the 90s so yeah it was thankfully being curbed, but so we we weren't the generation that lost hundreds of friends. Right. I, I before I was in with anyone, we knew what it was. Yes. Right. But we sure. were also all about safe sex and condoms, condoms, yeah. condoms, yeah. And, right? Like there and, was never any sex that wasn't uh, that, that was free of anxiety. Right. That's totally it. And for me, I've noticed as a now being in this culture that are dealing with 
generations that don't have that. Right. I have like a lot of like internalized shame about sex maybe sometimes and like my relationship Hi, to it and me it's so as well. complicated and yeah. I'm dating somebody a lot younger than me and and he's totally amazing and cool and but I don't think he can understand right. like uh, you know and I'm like and it's very not, sex and, positive too so yeah, you know what I mean no, like I'm really it, healthy about it it's not um conscious yeah. it's sort of there and also for us besides the AIDS part for sure. you and I also grew up at a time where there were I, I have a new book coming out in May that are little autobiographical stories of my life little short yeah. stories right and how much oh uh, I'm totally gonna start crying I cry a lot don't worry no it's we like love when of, people cry on the podcast it's like joy I've like, had like I've had like a few in a row I love being gay and like it has even though it was hard when I was bullied and made fun of and felt so alone and alienated in the Midwest, it also has informed everything that I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's made me, even though it's a small part of who I am, right. it's also made me the creator that I am, right? For me, it's always gone together. Like, I never That's felt right. that bad about being gay because I felt oh. like it was tied to Where'd you grow my up? favorite parts of myself, Arizona. But Whoa. I wasn't, but I wasn't, I didn't really put it together until I was sort of older. Like I wasn't like oh. in high school going, you know, I got I got oh, teased no. for being a sissy sometimes. Did but you I, not know you were? You knew. Were, I knew you not I sort know? of had crushes on guys, no. but I also sort of had crushes on girls. Oh, I was, I was just totally late. Gay. No, I my puberty was late. Everything was late. Oh, so you're it, late it wasn't. Um, it wasn't like this is who you are. Deal with it. Uh-huh. Um, I I yeah I, I I wasn't. And so my thing was growing up here in my book. I, I talk about this. Like my role model, if you even want to call it that, was. Um, Elton John, who right. was like kind of outed and then kind of retracted it by saying he was bisexual. Right. So he was not, I love Elton John now, I get right. it. You know, his whole career would have been ruined. So he right. had to like save face. So I was like, wait, this is confusing. I asked my mom what a bisexual was and she like was like, I think, she like totally, she's like, um, I think it's somebody who goes to Australia and back. Like she came up with something, right? right? So and I knew that was a lie. Which is exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. And then Rock Hudson. Right. was outed because he had AIDS. Right. So I didn't have, like... It's not like nowadays where everybody's gay, I like to joke. Yeah. Everybody's a little gay nowadays. Right. You know? For sure. Now, did you come out to your parents? Or? I did, yeah. Yeah. And they were so amazing. They, they've been here. I was telling Dennis, my parents have been in town visiting for a month. I know it's a long time, but when you're European, they, like, hang out forever. No, they, family, are, they are European. They're European. Yeah. They were immigrants. Oh, so from? From Germany. Fantastic. But, um, so they've been hanging out with my boyfriend. He's yeah. been part of the family. And they're I love so it. inclusive. And, and they live in, like, a Mike Pence state, by the way. Yeah. Which is, you know. Indiana. So, yeah. And now, what's so the Mayor Pete thing with your family? Uh, like, I grew up near South Bend. Yeah, my yeah, dad yeah. is so pro Pete. He's like, yeah. Tony, Pete's going to win the whole thing. I don't know. So I your think, parents love Pete. Oh, they love Pete. I, I love it. He's going to win it this go around, but yeah. the next, for Did sure. Did you see the video that aired this weekend of him with a nine year old kid on no. the stage? You have oh, to go, we have okay. to stop and you have to go look at it. We won't stop and look at it. But, but he's doing a QA in Colorado. And one of the questions comes up, and he goes, I'm nine years old, and I'm gay, oh. and I want to tell the world that I'm gay, and how can I be brave like you? And he brings the kid up. I could cry thinking about it. The other day, I'm just like, I'm not in a great mood. I'm going to watch this four times and just sob for, you know. It's amazing. And, and what Pete says to him and the advice that he gives him and what it talks about how brave he is to do that. And, yeah, we'll I'll watch it afterwards. That. It's okay. It's Whoa. sensational. Um, yeah. Isn't so, that amazing, though? But he was, on your, he was on your parents' radar mm-hmm. 
uh, as an Indiana yes, person. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mayor of South Bend. We grew up like 20 minutes from South Bend. Love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it's, listen, even if he doesn't get the nomination, that we have someone at the forefront who's gay and out and proud. And, yeah. And it, yes, you know, to Donald Trump's base, that would maybe be an issue, but it doesn't seem like people care. Yeah. They just want to vote people who... Like it makes sense. It's it's, I mean? a, it's kind of amazing how much of a not not really an issue it, it yeah, seems it just, to be. I mean, there may be people that that you, but it's not what people talk about. It's no. not what he's achieved. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. He's also on point too. You know what he's I mean? He's also really smart. Yeah, and I think people totally people resent him because he's really talented. Uh. But I think that that talent transfers to governing. Yes, if you can build a good campaign, if you can deliver a good speech. They're part of the job. Yeah. So I felt like Klobuchar yeah. really resents him. Like, well, you're just so perfect. Yeah, he's talented. <laughs> yeah. But also what I would love to ask him about is, I think sometimes as gay boys, we're going to be perfect. That's True. how... Yeah, that's how we compensate, compensate for our... Inst- if I'm going to be... I'm, right. They're going to find out this like thing that. about me. That's right. So I have to be the smartest. That's I have right. to be the best. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. you know, we have to excel. I think so. Yeah. And I'd love to see what he thinks about mm. that idea. Well, you should go to the next debate. Town Hall. And like, yeah, and then write that and question say, down. Yeah, yeah, They'll yeah. bring you up on stage. But I also would be interested to know... I also think, perhaps, as gay people, we... Develop a sort of way of reading rooms and a way and a and a little bit of a radar that could also serve you in something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I have been really connected to a spiritual path for a long time, right? And I feel that gay people in traditional, like Pacific cultures, Native American cultures, Aboriginal cultures, like generally in previous cultures gay men and women were sort of the intersex. They were the intermediaries right. between the spirit world and the physical world. So if you and your wife were having problems, you'd come to me and I'd help you with the information I was divining, you know, to work through it. And yeah. I, I do feel like, again, no human being is more special than anybody else, but I do think, you know, again, I think all, all of us have like an intuitive calling. Some people are... Goop did a thing about this, which cracked me up. Right. I didn't even know there was a Goop show, but somebody told me about it. There's a Goop it. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't Goop watched lab, it. But they have one on intuition. And yeah. this this uh, clairvoyant was talking about that. That is something that everybody has. And of course we do. How else have we survived at some level? You know right. what I mean? Even if you don't believe in the divine aspect of it, like the fight or flight response. But, but if you cultivate it, you know, it's like when you think of someone and they call or when you have a premonition about something and it happens and now the naysayer is going to be like well think of all the times that that has you thought that and that hasn't happened but that doesn't discount the ability to be connected to something and have information coming at you from some other place right my thing is that oftentimes we're so not on that circuitry that's why we don't get it all the time you know right I mean? and maybe other people are more that's attuned. more attuned to it yeah, yeah so yeah. i guess my point was is i feel like um as gay men and women, a lot of gay men and women are connected to the sort of yeah. uh, a spirit realm. Right on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really powerful. I think so. Shamans. A lot of that. Yeah. When did you start teaching acting? Oh, gosh. You know, I feel like I've been a teacher my entire life. It's so weird. But, like, I mean, I started teaching. I started teaching, actually, when I was, like, 25. At, right. At a school in New York. My, I was acting myself. But she's like, you know, you'd be, a, you'd be an amazing teacher. I was so young. I was like, okay. So I would start teaching a class every now and then. And I was like, these people are going to hate me because they were like 45 or 50. And here's right. some 25-year-old teaching them. 
but it was really right on. And then I've had my school here for 22 years. It's on Melrose Avenue, No, right? it's on, my new space is on Cole. Oh, so you moved. Right across from Gold's Gym. Nice. It's like an amazing building. And we have 10 schools all over the world now. I, I can't believe how big it's gotten. It's That's a incredible. It's a revolution. What do you attribute it to? Hard work? Truth. Right. Being good to people. Right. And then the work, and the work itself is truth. It's based on like, it's also very um, gay-centered in the sense that we, I think for gay people, the journey of acceptance, loving and accepting ourselves and like the mantra of be you and be queer and be all that you are, right? Right. Like that was something that I knew even though I didn't like myself at an early age. I also knew that at some level that's all I could ever be, even though I couldn't right. even articulate that. And the work is all about each person, gay, straight, black, white, whatever. Each person must celebrate and fully accept who we are. Bring everything. That's it. Even the things that we really dislike about ourselves, the things that we struggle with, the things yeah. that make us, we feel like, unworthy. Well, so many times where you think, even when I used to do some acting and stuff and I would go into an audition, it's like, all the things you don't want them to see. That's right. But no, it's just the opposite. Especially if you're gay. Right. Right? Like, I, I can't show this, I can't show that, I can't yeah. show that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but And I think like, if you're in that mindset, that's no fun. But also, like, this podcast, I'm sure your podcast guests the people who talk about things beyond the the things that they want to talk about. Right. Like the deeper, weirder, crunchier stuff yeah. is so much more exciting, right? Right. That's it. That's, that's what you have to try, try to bring to the work. That's right. That's all the work is. Yeah. Is like, so, yeah. It, 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 10 schools around the world. Yeah. So if we went there, it would say... <laughs> it does. Wow. AMA. We, use, we call it AMAW. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Mindel's Actor Workshop. But yeah, AMAW yeah. London, New York, Vancouver, Toronto... Uh, Atlanta, Copenhagen, Chicago, Santa Fe. I think I got them all. When did you fall in love with acting, teaching, teaching? When did you go? This is this is. I mean, what I do. It, it, like twenty some years ago. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember a, a, a period of time I mean, or like yeah, when I you mean, were like, again, this a, is what I meant to be doing? I I, I was at, when I first moved out here in 1998, 97. I moved out here. Yeah. Jesus. And I was taking at the time a very, it was, I was told to take this very, at, the, at that time was a very famous acting class here, right? Right. And first of all, the very first day I got there, the teacher was like, Does, who wants to work today? And nobody raised their hand. It was like 30 people in class and nobody raised their hand. I was like, oh, oh I will. <laughs> so I was really into acting and right. creating, right, back then. So nobody in that class who was freaking paying to right. work would work. Now, I don't, we don't work that way at our school. At our school, you are, if you pay to be in class, your ass is going to work. Right. Right. So <clears throat> I got, I got up, I worked. He was really like, who is this crazy person? But he really like appreciated it. And then I decided to commit to the class. And then I, every class I'd come back, maybe because of the way that I had been trained. I'm not saying I was like, you know, the Brad Pitt of acting, but, or I should maybe use somebody like Meryl Streep of acting. I think Brad Pitt's amazing, but he is amazing. Yeah, he is great. But <clears throat> I found that he wasn't, he wasn't giving me a lot of notes. And I was teaching, what I was doing was what I teach, which is how do you listen and react and live in the scene as yourself? And then the work is, is how to expand more of the parts of yourself that you don't have access to, right? right? Whereas I would see other people get up and work, and week after week, they would, they would just be literally frustrated because he would give the same notes, and they would come back, and it would be the same. And then he would talk, like, theory and concepts, and they weren't able to, like, make an adjustment so that it would change, 
nor was it changing them. Right. So it was the same thing every week. You felt like people weren't growing. No, not at all. But they themselves knew that. Right. right. And then on a break, I'll never forget, on a break, we were outside smoking cigarettes, being real cool. This actor was like, I want to learn how to work like you're working. Like, it's always different and, and alive and fresh and whatever. Again, I'm not saying I was, like, amazing. But there was something really alive about right. the work I was doing. And he's like, everybody else here is just, they're acting all the time. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, come with me. I'm going to start a school. And I did. I started with six students in my living room. I had my, like, patchouli incense sticks and my, like, my Indian rugs and my Buddha shrine. Right. And we started working it out. Wow. And, you know, Dennis, at that time, I was so hippy-dippy. I had just come back from India as well. And so a lot of the teachings at that time, and still are, were infused by, to me, like, spiritual principles. that are meditation-type things and mindfulness-type things. But I also think they're the physics of the world, really. You know what I mean? I think it's how the world is governed, whether we're aware of it or not. Yeah, so they were very, I was very, like, lama-dama-ding-dong. Right. And, but what was great about it is I was still steadfast in teaching some of that, and... I was at the right place at the right time because now look at how the world has become. Everything yeah. is yogified and meditation fied yeah. and kale and based, mindfulness yeah. and yeah, for sure. Yes. People have sort of caught up it's with become you. Mainstream. So yeah. it's so thank God I wasn't yeah. too scared to keep, you know, clamoring in the wilderness that we have to find a spiritual base of what we're doing. Yeah. Did you ever feel like the teaching was getting in the way of what you wanted to do as an actor? Well, Did yeah, you I started, I started, like, I was working a lot, yeah. and I was working a lot commercially. Right. And I'll never forget when I told my commercial, he's still to this day, he'll be like, come on, will you please come back and work commercially? Because I was booking, like, a lot of national commercials yeah. and making money, and I just was like, I cannot do this anymore. I'm not interested in it. I mean, listen, I think it's great for actors who, for me, I was more interested in telling the story than just being the cog in the wheel of the story. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? yeah. And helping empower people. I think what I teach is like, yes, I'm not just teaching, helping them become the best actors that they can be. Oh, I think it's about becoming an empowered citizen, an empowered spiritual person. Because right. I, I, it didn't seem, just from watching your film and also knowing a little about what you do, it doesn't seem like you're grooming people to succeed in Hollywood. Well, no, because some won't. Yeah. But if you succeed in life... Then I think it's a calling. That's that's profound, actually. In other words, because I think a lot of these classes are: if I take this class and I don't get a TV show, then I'm shitty, and this class is shitty, and everything's shitty, shitty, shitty. But if I take this class and I grow, and I and and I and and regardless of what I get in from the business, then then it's worthwhile. That's totally it. Well, listen, at some level, that's what every acting class should be, and I'm always advocating. I think everybody should take an acting class just right. to like get in touch with yourself and empathy and looking at another person in their eyes and feeling right. feelings. And I was like, can you imagine if our Senate or Congress like could take an acting class? Right. I was like, I'm going to go to Congress and make them take an acting class because they would become empaths. Right. Then you could stand opposite someone and have a different opinion, but also create space where maybe some of their ideas can come over to your side and vice versa. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not, it's not so contentious all the time. Yeah. When people go to your classes, do they prepare scenes and monologues uh, and I things? Mean, or do you do bit, a different type of work? Uh, it's a little bit of everything, right? right? But like the basic of the basis of it is like it's scene study, but our approach to scene study is radically different where people are usually working with script in hand. Right. And it's counterintuitive because it for people who are traditionally taught, they think that when they memorize 
they're really great. I'm so much better that, equipped to do good work if this, I don't have this in my hand. But that's incorrect, and it's actually been disproven because what ends up happening is a part of our brain, the dorsal a prefrontal cortex, that clicks on when we memorize things, mm-hmm. which basically makes you more inhibited, weirdly enough. And for me, what I've discovered with actors is that they get stuck in a way of saying it. So they'll say their line the same way because they memorize it a certain way and they rehearse it a certain way and they want to do it that way. Also because right. we're all control freaks. Right. But if they're not allowed to really memorize everything, then a lot of stuff is going to start happening to you that you have to react to. And then the lines are a result of that. Right. It's totally spontaneous and in the moment. And then you start to then, – then you see potential. Then you're like, oh, I never thought – the line could come out like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We read a line and we think it's supposed to be said, I love you. Right. But in the line, coming out, it could be like, I love you. You know, yeah. whatever. That's a terrible line reading. But, but no, I get the idea. You get it. It's totally... I get the idea. And listen, more and more filmmakers are working on... Listen, the, the filmmakers that I'm really inspired by, a lot of my actors have worked with some of them. And I have heard when they tell me that they work on set just like we teach in class. So it's really exciting. Like right. the best filmmakers are always trying to capture the ephemeral. In a yeah. Way. You know what I mean? What have you observed about younger gay actors? Ah, great question. Interacting with the business, auditioning, being out, it's not being so out. Much. From when you were out here. It's changed so much. It's kind of heartening, isn't it? It's so awesome. Although I did teach a new class last week and there was this kid, young kid, and I don't ever out someone and I'm never, I'm never sure anyway nowadays who's gay, who's not, what their preferences are, but I could tell he, I wasn't sure he was gay, but then I asked him, I'll just make up his name, Chris. I was like, Chris, do you, do you know who you are yet? So that's kind of how I framed it, right? Right. And then he kind of started to cry, and, and, and I was like, because, and then he acknowledged that he did, and then I think he mentioned being gay, and then I was like, okay, so what we have to do is you have to fully accept that part in your work first before we can get to where we're going to go, because it's almost like there is a part of him that's judging that he can't be masculine or macho or sexually hetero in a scene. And that he so, can't pass. Yeah, that he can't pass. That's right. That's he's a light, light in the loafer, so yes, right on his head. Exactly. But, but, so every now and then, I'll still have that conversation. But that conversation I used to have to have all the time. Right. I was, I was telling him then this story about this one guy who's quite well known now, I think, and, and is out, I believe, and he acts a lot. He's on shows. But when I was working with him, and this has happened a number of times, like I said, I could tell, I was like, oh, I think this guy is gay. But I couldn't say anything. But the guy would fight me like a mother. Like, I'd give him notes, and he'd be so combative and defensive. And I'm thinking, all this energy that he is giving to trying to put on this pretense that he's straight, if he would just acknowledge it for himself, it would be released, and it'd be informing the work. Now, I can't make somebody get there until they're right. Sure enough. After he came out, he started booking a whole bunch of work because right. the energy got freed up. Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, I'm so sorry. I just wasn't ready. I was like, that's fine. I get it. Like I, So that conversation used to happen a lot. Now, people are just being people, which is awesome. Which is thrilling, right? Yes. Yeah. We have a trans scholarship. We offer trans scholarships through Outfest. We have five scholarships every year. And to see trans actors being, you know, it's very inclusive at our school and they're accepted and just yeah. being their badass selves is really amazing and so yeah i think yeah. it's it is very empowering you know 
I think a lot of times I, I wonder about that question about I'm my whole thing about non-traditional casting is I always just think as actors whoever's right for the role should get the role right like I don't think gay people should only play gay roles or you know that, that argument sometimes like why are straight people no, always playing sure. the who gay has roles the right to tell a story but I was like well but as an happen. actor you can you can be whoever like right. I, you know what I mean yeah I, I think um, I'm not saying like uh, a white person should play black you know what I mean right or Asian or whatever but I'm talking about like Sex and gender exploration, right. and you know what I mean. I remember in the few short films and things that I've made, when you're casting, you just want them to be the guy. That's right. You don't when they that's come right. in and they're the guy. Yeah, that's you right. don't want to know anything that's else because right. you have something right. in your mind, and they and it connects, and it's you. So uh, when that happens and you find them, it's magical, and I would hate for some. Uh, Something to, to to pick something that w- that wasn't the right choice mm-hmm. for a for a political reason mm-hmm. or a, you know. But it also, it's like Dennis. It's like none of our business either of somebody's private life. Like, why yeah. is it that actors? Why do people get a free pass to to infiltrate somebody's private life? Like, yeah. If you if you worked in government, I wouldn't be asking you if you were gay or straight right. or a banker. If I go to Wells Fargo today, it's nobody's business. Yeah. Like, let actors create and do the job that they're supposed to be doing yeah like it's too invasive you know but yet on the other hand as a fan of something when somebody's out of something it means something to oh, me. oh that's awesome too yes you know? for sure yeah so it's it's tricky but uh yeah and but it's I always evolving that, you know private privacy is yeah i don't know i think this is an interesting time we're living in where everything is telegraphed all the time including our petty grievances and oh my god there's some sort of i go on tw- twitter sometimes it, and I, i'm not I, I like to read the political stuff or links to articles, but everyone's like, nah, nah, yeah. nah. That's yeah. all it is. <laughs> and everyone's so disgruntled. I know. Uh, um, talk to me about, is it the Binghampton section of your yes, movie? So, um, which has to do with uh, a family. Yes. And uh, violence within the family. Yeah. And what made you want to write about that issue? Well, there um, two, you know, when I wrote the script... One is a gay story. One is more of a, I don't want to say a lesbian story, but a non-traditional sexual exploration story. Yeah. And then being... Two, two, two right? European, yeah. two Parisian yeah, yeah. couples yes. playing around with a little bit of boundary yes. uh, play. I wanted it to be, try to represent all kinds of relationships. And then yeah. the Binghamton is a straight couple. and But I also was intrigued by that story twofold. One is... Um, the correlation generally of women who are in abusive relationships with their male husband, partner, boyfriend, whatever, that oftentimes like 90%, that is what leads to gun violence. So the husband is beating on the wife, the wife tries to get away, and then it leads to him coming to her place of work and, you know. Yeah. Um, So... So that storyline was interesting to me, and the cycle of abuse, and then access to firearms, which is a deadly yeah. you know, combination. And but then also it was disturbing for me with Binghamton is because I, I fictionalized the story somewhat, but but the truth is is after nine eleven because this this shootings I think occurred in two thousand and nine. It was the the largest loss of life by um, a terrorist attack considered a terrorist right. attack um, on U.S. soil. And nobody has heard about it. 
Like, because for do you know I, why? I, I, well, it wasn't wait. on my radar. It because wasn't Newtown. It wasn't Columbine. People were killed. Right. But because they were all immigrants. Right. And a lot of they them were, were people Muslims. Of color. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so that's not going to make national news. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, it wasn't on my radar when I think of mass shootings. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Now it doesn't seem, this is terrible to say, it doesn't seem like a lot. It was yeah. 11 people because we've had what happened 50s. in Vegas. We've had yeah. what happened at Orlando. You know yeah. What I mean? You're always like, oh, Sandy that's not many. Yeah. You hear yeah, a story so and you're like, oh, well, that's not as many. But it's at the strange time, how we get inured to it. It was the, the largest yeah. um, mass shooting uh, up, up, up yeah. after 9 11, right? The actress in that piece is sensational oh, Olivia she's amazing she's yeah. the lead on she has her own show called The Magicians on oh okay Sci-Fi. fantastic I've been I've been teaching her for like 10 years she's yeah. incredible yeah yeah incredible what's it like when somebody you teach kind of blows up oh it's really gratifying yeah you know like I mean I have a, a client right now uh, the pop star Camille Cabello oh yeah and she's so beautiful she's so beautiful right and uh just in London a couple weeks ago working with her on a, a new film she's doing. I don't... I think it's... I think it's a... I mean, I think she's... If she's shooting it, people yeah, probably yeah, know. People, it's Cinderella. She's playing Cinderella in Cinderella. Fantastic. But what I love about uh, Camilla is she's always... Not just me, but she's always giving shout-outs to people who help her. Yeah. And she's giving me a number of shout-outs. She's, you know, uber famous. And, right. And it's really... I'm not doing it for the shout-out, but every now and then, it's nice when people are like, you know what... Tony helped. Did you go on set? Is yeah, you do that sometimes? You yeah, do that sometimes with yeah, actors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, I'm Dennis. I'm trying to get my next movie going. So, like for me, I I would. It was. It's hard because I'd much rather be directing than sitting on the sidelines having to coach someone. Although right. I love coaching, you know what I mean. It's gratifying right. to see people do the kind of work we're doing. But but yeah, actors have been really appreciative, and and that's been really awesome. Yeah, I've been really lucky. My the actors that have come through our program that have become famous. Are really cool people. They're not like yeah. divas and jerks. Who are some of the people that you've you've changed? Oh my gosh, Shailene Woodley. Oh, she's you know, sensational. Like she like talk about yeah. climate activism. And yeah, she got arrested for the pipeline. Yeah, <laughs> she she wants you know the law. Yeah, for sure. Ruby Rose is the first yeah. out Marvel character on you know Batwoman. I don't know if you watch the show. Yeah, no, but I've seen like the thing. A lot of like you know groundbreaking people. So it's it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's so many, like, young people that, you know, like, there's a there's a girl at our school, there's this new Netflix show called Hentified. Yeah. And Carrie Martin is one of the leads on it. And Carrie, like, had zero credits, was assisting at a casting office. Right. Which, by the way, I think brought her in for the role, which is so amazing. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think, to me, the story, and she was just profiled in Oprah Magazine, like, and I think it's so amazing because she's also... Uh, think her family is originally from Mexico, so yeah. like she's, you know, not Caucasian. Like, But the thing is, is the grind and having to keep going, even though there's nothing in front of the actor showing that this is going to work out. Yeah. And yet then a miracle occurs. And that's the thing about the business. You yeah. got to keep going. You know what I mean? I think actors are sort of miracle workers. I think what they are able to do, I, I find it kind of miraculous and yet, I the challenge of building a life in that is field is so, so hard. hard, and it's like I don't want to hear about your headshots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and yet yes. I also love you. Good, yes. keep going. I know, I don't know. give up. 
so it's kind of like what do you what do you love I about know. actors in general? You know what I mean. You know I love what, I mean. what you said. Yes, they are miracle workers. They're funny and they're outrageous and they're brave and they and they show us ourselves. They do. They're really, really willing to share. There are there uh, to me. They're poets. I mean, I yeah. think musicians are poets for right. sure. They're Renaissance poets, but but actors are as well. And they're just. What do you I love about actors? Well, I also think like what I teach is they're also activists. They're right. also like they we have the power to tell story and change. And yeah. And when you get to a level of success, like look at Shailene, you know, yeah. like you can f- have platforms to all of your followers. So like, hey, or you know that documentary. Um, on Netflix about Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, when she Ms. got Mar- involved. Yeah, yes. I loved it. Miss Americana. That was great, right? Yeah, and I loved like, it. The platform, the people that she reaches. If you can educate people about homophobia and about gay rights, yeah, the equality and, you know, it's, it's, it it's awesome. Yeah. So I think, I think when when people stay to the core of what acting is about and not let the business contaminate them yeah then it's like actors are the best and it can be a challenge though. it can be a challenge yeah and i would imagine even in your creating your environment yeah uh, what do you notice about other places compared to hollywood when you teach i kind of like it though. well uh, hollywood they <laughs> hollywood they're right in the you're right in it i mean i love hollywood like i love my house i yeah. love my friends yeah. my no, students but, i love the studio i just think for me i it's Hollywood is Hollywood centric. Yeah. And when you go someplace else, oh, nobody cares. That's yeah. what's refreshing about it. Because it's just like you're, just do, you're doing it for the doing. Yeah. It's just a job. Well, first of all, it is also just a job here too. You yeah. Know I mean, I have so many actors who are leads on so many shows, and there's so many shows nowadays, nobody even knows what the heck these shows yeah. are. So you have to all have to calm down. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like I think the days of the studio system star is kind of over. Like yeah. It's it's just a job, but it's I'm not, I'm not and also I'm not trying to trivialize the importance of it and storytelling. Again, it can be both, but I think when we make it more highfalutin than it sometimes is, right. it can be. That's when you can let it go to your head, right? It's going to change your life, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And also, and all when, your problems going to go away. But also, Dennis, when you think of it as a job, that job, and I think the people that are real deals. Um, all jobs on a movie set or a TV show are important because you can't, I can't do it without the driver or without the gaffer or without the, you know, hairstylist. So the actor isn't more important than anybody else. Right. And I think that's a part of the puzzle. Yes, that's right. You know, when I was in London, weirdly enough, um, Camilla's driver, who I would drive with on set, his name was Mark, Marcus, and he's from uh, Latvia. And we just got to talking and then, and he's super nice. And I always talked to, I just love getting to know people. And and then I asked him, I was like, so you're based here in London and he works for this company. I was like, who else have you driven for? Blew my mind, just on the, in this AMAW world. So then he's like, he's like, yeah, I just worked on a movie here that was shooting here in London. And I was like, who's your client? And he's like, Shailene Woodley. I was like, oh my God. Then he told me the project he was on before that. Uh, this person is so big, I'm not really supposed to say like this person who I teach or I coached. But... Also drove that person, and I guess my so he's driven a lot. So he's driven a lot of I've worked with, but also we were talking about Shailene and like just how down to earth she was, and how you know getting and and his other client as well. Like when we don't treat when we don't other people, and that's also the problem with societies that we other people we other them because of their sexual preference or their or their age ageism or the color of their skin or they speak another language or their social economic class i mean we our government 
is doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hitting us against each other. And yeah. nobody is better than anybody else. And yeah. I think that sense of equality is important. That's why I like when Pete talks about the culture of belonging. That's right. I feel like it's a great That's right. thing to talk about now. Um, your movie looked great. Oh, I thought we it shot really it for looked, no money. I thought it looked really good. We had zero dollars. I paid for it. Yeah, I thought it Thank looked you. really good. My DP Ray Wangching. Yeah, he's the Parisian stuff. Oh and, God, it was gorgeous. And each place looked like it's they looked, its place. Yes, yeah, they didn't look like they yeah. didn't look like oh they shot that in the same room as they yeah, shot no, that. No, no. Yeah, if uh, where was the house uh, that you shot for your house? Uh, that beautiful. was we shot in Altadena. Okay. And we got shot down by the, the film ordinance of Altadena of all places, which is, makes no sense. How do they know? I know. Well, because we had equipment in the garage and some Snoopy... Neighbor. Yes. They don't have anything better to do. They just want to get their permit. So they came by and they were like, you can't be filming in this house. I was like, it is my friend's house. Yeah. And like, we could be shooting a little thing on our iPhone. Exactly. Like, they have no jurisdiction over it. But we, they literally shut us down. This is the craziness of independent filmmaking and they would not they they weren't going to permit us and they were going to like arrest us or something really crazy i was in the middle of shooting the kitchen scene with um uh, matt and uh the housekeeper right yeah and they shut us down i was like fuck what are we gonna do yeah and the 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 house that we were at was like a thousand dollars a day and we had to get this done i couldn't go another day right yeah and so they literally, this film ordinance of Alta fucking Dina basically was like, well, the only way you can get around this is if you go door to door and you sign, these are all the allotments of the properties that have to sign off on you saying, filming here at this house. Yeah. So there were like 35 signatures we had to get. And weirdly enough, this is some, the, some plot ordinance that was hadn't been updated for 10 years so some of the plots meaning some of the properties were vacant and hadn't been so it's all bullshit did you get them my producers are so amazing so my producer allison and helene who was like second unit producer they had the sheet of paper and they were putting on makeup and i was like ladies what are you doing because they like were at set at 6 a.m and i was like what are you doing and they were like we're putting on makeup i was like why and they were like because we're going door to door and we're gonna get more which which is also an interesting thing about like the feminine sort of oppression right it wouldn't it wouldn't occur to us yes yeah allison was like we cannot go to the door looking like this but if we put on makeup and style ourselves a little bit People are going to be more right. open to getting what we want. Is that crazy? You know, women think about have to think about that all it's the insane, time. It's insane. It doesn't even start away. Sure enough, these women were mavericks. Yeah. They got more than enough signatures. We yeah. sent that into. We marched that into the Altadena woman, and yeah. she was like freaked the fuck out yeah. that we delivered that. We were still supposed to wait three days until the paperwork went through. We were like, "Fuck that!" We filmed the rest of that. Time. Yeah, good. You solved the crisis of artists. Yes, it's like. So- um, we mentioned this a little before the the love scenes. What do you talk to your actors about oh love scenes? It's hard. You play I mean, one. Listen, you listen, do one. Uh, now that and what do you what do you how what are those discussions like? A lot of them like? have intimate intimate coaches nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like because of the work I've been doing, I am an intimate coach. Right. You know what I mean? I can talk about it in a way. It's always about um, not crossing boundaries, making sure we have safety words and also making sure that whatever it is that we're doing that the actor feels safe and yeah. you know protected and um, you know, for Matt and I, I mean, as Matt is a student as well, like, it's awkward. It's just awkward. It's not sexy at all, in mm-hmm. a way. You know what I mean? Right. Raise your leg here, do this over yeah. here. Although my DP, who's straight, he's like, well, this is the first gay porn I've ever shot. He said that? <laughs> yeah. He all was right. like... Hopefully you know, not the last. Well, I know. Because he was like... 
it's very intimate. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's also not sexy. Like Lindsay, who was coaching me that day, she's like, Tony, raise your leg. Now the other leg. But move your butt yeah. down this way. And then Allison was like, is that how gay people have sex? Like, you know, it was like so mechanical. Yeah. But, you know, you just talk it through. Yeah. And... And it's vulnerable and weird and but beautiful and yeah, like Justine and Camille in bed, like that's one of my favorite scenes. Yes, of the lovely. Movie. And like she shows a little bit of Nepage. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted to be so French, you yeah. know what I mean? And now I love that you're on Hulu. That's Makes very sense. hip. Yes. Yeah, so where you can watch the movie where we go from here. I'm gonna plug it yeah. in on Hulu. Uh, Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, iTunes. It's yeah. also available in the UK and in Canada. I there's a, one third of the movie has to do with gay characters. Yes, and there's a little bit of fluidity in the other one. But I noticed you played Outfest. Do you feel like the movie got painted with a gay brush in a way that is it's so tricky? It's so tricky, right? Well, weirdly enough, it's because I don't even think of it as a gay movie. No, it's, but it, Dennis, the opposite. Uh, we were at, we had been on the gay festival circuit. It was successful, but we also didn't get into a lot of gay festivals. And one at Long it Beach was, wasn't gay enough. It wasn't gay enough. Yeah. The Long Beach people were like, we won an award in Long Beach. It was so amazing. But he, the, one of the programmers said, you know, I had to fight hard for your movie. And I was like, why? And he's like, because actually nobody else on the board thought it was gay. And I was like, okay, we have to stop with all of this. Like, right? Did it have a gay storyline? Yes. Were we moved and empowered by? The story that we can and, relate and, to, yes. and the and, relationship was dealing with very contemporary of the moment stuff. You know, it wasn't the, the entire movie. It's, again, it's the labeling and defining of yeah. things that yeah. is so it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean? it's a challenge. Yeah, you know, and also the, like some people go, well, that's for the gay festivals. We don't need to, do, you know what I mean? Like I it's it's a thing. Um, so I was curious about that. Okay, you, we're doing a speed round. I know. Okay. We're going to do a speed round from this the observation the deck, and ever. you didn't want to pick no, in advance. I like... Because your work is about being in the moment. Always in the moment. Yeah, yeah, Scary. Yeah. I may not I have clever okay. answers. Okay. If you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you pursue? Oh, God. Well, I can't... I, I like, I love flying. Yeah. I can't be a pilot, but okay. I would love to, like, do something... Fly to... <laughs> right. All right. I love yeah. it. Uh, what's your favorite souvenir from a job? From a job? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, underwear? Did you, did you take the, uh, yes, the, the, the slipper from underwear, Cinderella? Yeah. What kind of underwear? Oh, God. These were, like, from, like, modeling or acting yeah. commercial gigs. Yeah. yeah. But you Good like underwear. Them. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah, underwear. Yeah. All right. When was the first time you saw a dirty magazine or video? Oh, God. I was 15. I mean, I think I saw it even earlier, but the yeah. one that really was seared in my course, mind, yeah. and I got a copy of it. You scored it. It was like, it must have been Hustler magazine. Oh, shit. Because they also showed They pulled out the inners. Yes. Yeah. They also showed what? The cock. Yeah. Like, just a little, but 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 it was Enough like exciting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, where did you get it from? I don't remember. Yeah. But I stole that, and I hid it behind my sister's Barbie doll collection. Wow. It's so <laughs> great to put it, pin it on her. Yes. All right. Here we go. What's your idea of the perfect day? Meditation. Mm. And swimming. You love swimming? I love swimming. Do you, where do you swim? Uh, at the West Hollywood Pool. Nice. I'm on the team. But awesome. On and off on the team. Yeah. You love it. Yeah. Okay. Nature, being in nature is a perfect day. Okay. Any skinny dipping stories, speaking of swimming? You oh, skinny well, dip in the I've movie. Of course I skinny dip. I skinny yeah. dipped in the movie. Yeah. If you have not skinny dipped, that's one of the great wonders of the world. Yeah. I haven't done it in a while, though. Good yeah. reminder to do What's it. What's your too. best favorite skinny dipping? Oh, God. Dip I had so many. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't remember. Okay. Fire Island skinny dipping. Yeah. Ocean skinny dipping. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's good. 
What movie have you seen more than any other? Oh, this is... People will never believe this. My favorite movie is Alien and Aliens. I have seen Aliens so many times, and Jaws, maybe. Which is weird, because I'm not a big, like, horror, thriller-esque person. Right. But I'm obsessed with those movies. Multiple times. I can quote from movies, and I don't even quote from movies. Wow. Yeah. Why? Punch at Spunkmeyer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can... I don't know. M- most people can quote from movies. I can only quote from those two movies. Do you like Alien and Aliens equally? Pretty much. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver is so amazing. Yeah. She's a badass. I love it. Interesting. Okay. What's the craziest thing you've done in pursuit of a crush? Oh, God. When I was at, um, 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 oh, fuck. I was in Beverly, Massachusetts at the um, North Shore Music Theater. Right. Pakistan, Harvard, yeah. North Shore Music Theater. Right. There was a guy who was in another show there. I was kind of a homewrecker because he had a boyfriend. It was terrible of me. Right. Like, I, was, I was young and reckless. And he liked me, and they were on the outs anyway. Look at me trying to qualify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel guilty after yeah. 25 years. So I did, what was that movie, Say Anything? I had a Say Anything moment. I got, like, like all the double A battery, or, like, big yeah. Volt batteries in a boombox, drove to his apartment where he was staying, threw rocks up the upper story windowsill for him to... But, so all that did happen, it's true, and then I put on the... I think it was Tears for Fears or something, I don't yeah. remember. But... The night I did that, it was pouring down rain. Yeah, that's even better. I, that was like crazy. Did you get it? I was a romantic. Um, did you? Did it succeed? We then he came down and we sat on the stoop in the stairwell and like I cried because like we kissed a little bit. No, but he he did not leave his boyfriend for me. Yeah. good for him. All right, Tim was his name. That's all I can remember. Good for you yeah. though. That's yeah, it was that's, romantic. That's it's a little badass. But. Yeah, I love it. What's the most trouble you ever gotten in school? Oh God. Um. I just would cheat on math tests all the time. Yeah. And I would get busted. Math tests. Yeah. Okay. Math not your I mean, I don't even anything. need math. Why, why, yeah. why would I have to take algebra? We were right. talking to my parents about this the other day. Yeah. Why would I... Why did, Listen, our education system needs to be rebooted yeah. as well. Why are we not steering kids in the direction where they show talent? Like, exactly. I should have been... I, I auditioned to be on the cheerleading squad. I didn't get it because no boys could be cheerleaders. I remember what, your first film. My first short I remember was about that. that. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Is that out there in the world? It's still out there. I, I feel like that was the last time we sort of interacted. Oh, my God, Dennis. Which is over 10 2008. years 2008. Shit. I'm trying to think of how I know you. I feel like you came to one of my parties through a friend. Oh, I've come to your parties, your, your mismatch, you mi- mismatch mismatch thing. Mismatch games. Yes. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I don't it's remember. We had gay friends. Does it feel like... Time has oh gone God. by like, like that. It's like yesterday. I was yeah. at your thing. What do you do when your students have crushes on you? Do they ever? Oh, I don't think it happens. That I mean, maybe it, it does, and they don't tell me. Yeah. Have you ever felt that? Um. I mean, yeah, but like you know, to me, I mean, I have one of my first boyfriends was a student. We were together for right. three years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like every now and then, you know, whatever it will happen. But yeah. like, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to date actors. Right. It's interesting. It's like, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It could be because, like, Robbie, we're still friends, but, like, I, he also worked for me. I, I directed him in a show. He was a student. It was hard. Right. We would fight all the time. We were yeah. always fighting. You yeah. know what I mean? Because who wants their boyfriend also to be their teacher and tell them how to do something? Yeah. And their employer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a lot. Yeah, it was too much. Uh, have you ever won anything, like a lottery or the game, no. a game show prize? No. Not even at, like, gave me. I won, anything? like, most likely to succeed in high school. Is that considered winning? Yeah. And most popular for some reason. I always thought I was, like... 
That's ex- those, those are that's a double. That's the I double. Know, usually, whammy. wait, no. Usually, those people peak at high school. Yeah, that's true. So you you <laughs> you, you did. What does your family think of your work? They love it. Yeah, they're really supportive. Yeah, they, my parents it. came and saw that we the movie premiered. Yeah. At a premiere in Chicago, yeah. at the Reeling Fest, which has been one of the oldest gay film festivals in the nation, 35 yeah. years old, and they loved it. They were really moved by it. It was really incredible. I love it. Yeah. What movie did you see when you were way too young to see it? I got in trouble for this for school. It wasn't a movie. It was a TV movie of the week. It was about the Charles Manson murders Hell's called Helter Skelter. So scary. I, so scary. I don't know why my parents let me watch They just had it on. I don't think yeah. they realize it. And and I went to school. It was very viewer discretion is advised. That's right. I remember like, that. It was like. But, but Dennis, I went to school the next day and Mrs. Mitchell, my third grade teacher, she was a tyrant. She she shamed me. She asked, like, she asked the class, what did, what, did you, what did you all do last night? And I was like, oh, I watched this movie. And I, told, I don't even remember the movie, really. I don't yeah. even think I watched part, uh, hardly any of it. And she's like, that is, please, I was in the Christian belt. You know what yeah. I mean? That is not appropriate. How dare your parents? Yeah. I had such shame about it. I think she even sent me to the back of the room. Like, That's okay. Not, well, if she's listening, uh, she needs to study. Rest in peace. Probably. Your parents are European. Yes. How did that manifest growing up in Indiana? Did they have like a wow. different um, rules or different way of being? No, that- they, you know, the, the regret that they have is nowadays to be in a multilingual household is so awesome. Like, yeah. you speak Spanish and English yeah. and whatever. But when they, they moved to America in 1958, I was born in 68. Yikes, that means I'm 52. But at that time, they gave us all very American names at the time. Yeah. Anthony... Yeah. Mike is my brother's name, Angie, right? right? And they, they they spoke German to each other in the home because that's all they really knew at first. Right. But when we were growing up, they only spoke English to us because they wanted us to be very Americanized. Yeah. It's a different time. So they regret that, that they we didn't connect to our culture in that way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was more like, let's we're going to make them very succeed here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. People now Nowadays, like the, it's like... Yeah. Well, again, the extremists are yeah. like, learn English. You know what I mean? But Oh, here's a question I have about your movie. Yes. The three different things. How did you decide how to edit them? And how to, when to cut back and forth? Well, weirdly enough, I, I shot them all, and I thought at first it was going to be an evening. One, just one, one. separate stories. Yeah. And I had it all done, and I had this really cool interstitial, um, this silver, like the CGI, this silver melting um, thing that we're not sure what it is, and at the end of the movie, it melts into a bullet. It's mm. really powerful, and the, my um, accompanist, the, the woman who did the soundtrack, she's amazing. This beautiful orchestral music. Then we scrapped it because it wasn't kind of working, yeah. the entire thing. And then I went back to my editor, who's French, and she's like, let's see if we put them together. And she did, thank it's God. A, it's interesting. It was interesting. Because the, the Paris story in the ori- original three, um, the way they were, the three separate ones, that story t- is told backwards. Yeah. You, I couldn't do that when I combined them. But if yeah. you watch the story as its own short, it's so interesting to do it backwards because I also, in that story, it's about time, right? Yeah. And so I'm playing with time, and it's interesting to see where we started and then going back to the reveal of her in bed with uh, Justine at the top, yeah. which would be the end of the story. Does yeah. Make sense? So it was interesting to kind of be a detective of that story, but I couldn't do it that way. In the... Interesting. Have you ever written a fan letter or email? Uh, yeah. I wrote Barry Diller. Interesting. And he used to like to wrestle. Remember that? Like, yeah. <laughs> this was in my New York. He's ex- gay. Well, yes, but in my, I 
He was one of those power guys. The David Geffen's and the... I hand wrote him a, a, a note at QVC headquarters because I had a chill... This was in the 93, 94... Um, I had and still do have it's on Amazon a children's video series called Hard Hat Harry look it up people it's crazy and we did 25 episodes and I just was an, I, I had nothing to do with that I was just the actor on it but right. I just thought the business were you the, Hard Hat Harry? I was Hard Hat Harry wow yeah I had title character I had decals and stickers and lunchbox like, like I had a lot of like ancillary products around my character but I didn't think the company that was doing it was really on top of like promotion. So yeah. I sent them QVC Barry Diller a letter. He sent it to QVC programming and they had me on the show to sell the video. Wow. I sold some videos. That's amazing. Did you get recognized I, as Hard Hat Harry? I did. People yeah. called in and were like, We our son loves you. Every now and then I'll still get fan mail from a parent who's like, We just watch you on Amazon. My son is obsessed with Hard Hat Harry. What does Hard Hat Harry do? He just takes these kids on Let's go look at a fire truck. And he's like a construction guy. It's like guy. Builder Bob. Builder Bob yeah. stole the idea from us many years later, by the way, kids. Hard Hat Harry. Yeah, he was the original. So good. All right, let's do it. But I wish more. I would have written Barry Diller and been like, hey, Barry. Exactly. <laughs> What'd you get picked on for as a kid? What did I get picked on for? Yeah. Duh. Gay. Yeah. But you know what? What was the word? I got called sissy a lot. Faggot. Really? Loop. Remember when we would have the tags in, our, in the back of yeah. our shirts, and if it was hanging out, they'd be like, fag tag, fruit loop. Really? They, Did you not have that? No, I never had the tag. And then they would put the tag in. Yeah. But for me, I don't think they necessarily thought I was gay. All the girls liked me, so all the straight dudes hated me because they thought I was fucking their girlfriends. Right. I just wanted to be the girl. I didn't yeah. want to fuck her. Right. I was too scared to have sex. Right. So they, it was some sort of affiliation yeah. by that they then made fun of me. Yeah. Not good. If you could relive one day from your childhood, what would it be? Um, relive one day from my childhood, what could it be? It had to be one of the days I was shamed for being gay, and there were so many. I think it was like... So you'd go back and fix something bad, I as think, opposed to relive something good. Wait, is that... Oh, it could be whatever. It's interesting that if you could rel oh, relive one day from your childhood... See, for me, it feels more of like correcting something Go back and bad. do something different. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think it was Bobby Roberts who yeah. made fun of me, and he was a little... Like, now that I look back, he was so scrawny, I could have right. probably kicked his ass. Yeah. But words are powerful, and he would wait for me by my locker and then fag me out. Fag you out? Yeah. Like, you know, faggot. Yeah. You're running late for class, faggot. Oh. Still in me. Yeah. I wish I... I think my sister helped. Yeah. She stepped in at one point and like... Older or younger? Older. Yeah. But I wish I would have just attacked him. Yeah. Not that I'm advocating violence. No, but yeah, I hear you. Okay, we're going to do this as your last question okay. because I think it's relevant. <laughs> Who was your most impactful teacher? Uh, well, my parents. Yeah. Just dropped him off at the airport, and I called my brother, and I was like, you know, we won the parental lottery with my mom and dad are amazing. Well, are there things that they taught you that that are like They're just good people? To this? Yeah, it's more by example. To be good. Yeah, just to be good. Yeah, it's amazing to leave good in the world. You know right. what I mean? So these are tears of joy, not heartache. It's okay. And maybe my, and my guru, yeah, has been the best teacher. This is Paramahansa Yogananda. And did you a lot of your discover him and? 
uh, he's, the founder of, he's the founder of SRF, Self-Realization Fellowship. Oh, right on. If you ever want to go sometime, the Palisades. Out okay. the Palisades, they have SRF. Lake Shrine, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, right? It's okay. beautiful. Just, right. Even if you don't... You, you can, can just, just hang out there. You can walk the grounds yeah. just to be on the lake. And um, just his teachings have helped me become the person I am. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Was there a period of time when you were really searching? Oh, you God, felt yeah. Sort of I lost? still am. It's still yeah. a day But when you day. really felt sort oh. of lost and oh, disconnected? Yeah. I mean, I think... Again, I think L.A. Here's my theory about L.A. L.A. to me is a trial by fire city in which if you are an artist, let's say, I can only speak for the artist, that one of two things happens. It's that you either are going to go like have your Phoenix rising moment where you're going to move through all the things and go on a soul searching discovery to get you to the other side so that you can survive the city or... I think you fall to the dark side of it. Like you get caught up in things that are not good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's one or the other. Because if you think about it, L.A. is built on a desert. It's a mirage already. It's not real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's, it's smoke and mirrors. The industry is smoke and mirrors. It's the whole thing is built on illusions. Yeah. And if you believe the illusions, you're fucked. It's deep. Yeah, if you buy into it. Yeah, if you buy into it. I know. It's crazy. Um, you, you probably see that though with some of the newcomers come to town and you got to yeah. stay, you know, it's like, uh, listen, I used to love Lindsay Lohan and I'm yeah. sure she's living a great life now. What does she care? She's still on earth. That's yeah. Fucking she's still awesome. on earth, right? And she's like, yeah, has her, her club and yeah, she spins, whatever right? it is. Yeah. yeah. But my thing is, is that cautionary tale of getting caught up in the parties and the networking. People aren't networking that way. People are networking. People who are networking are 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 on their jobs. Yeah. They're at work. You're working. I'm working. We don't right. have time to be partying until 5 a.m. every night yeah. with like a bottle of Sky Vodka or whatever is the thing. You know the hot I mean? thing. Yeah. yeah, we just Grey goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So just don't get, you can go out and party and have fun. Just don't get caught up that that's real because it's not. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to give advice, young people, but. There you go. Yeah. How can people watch your movie? Break uh, it down again. Thanks. Yes. Okay. So if you want to watch my movie, uh, where we go from here, it's called, and you can find it on pretty much everywhere. Like I said, Vudu, Google, iTunes, Amazon, and Hulu, um, and it's pretty much international. And That's then, exciting. Yeah. How long has it been on there? It just premiered on Hulu on February 1st. Have you heard anything? Well, they don't release, you know, yeah. sadly, but I mean... I've heard a lot. So many people have reached out. They're like, yeah. I just saw the movie. It was so, so you've beautiful. Heard things. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so, That's awesome. Um, so I hope it continues to find its way. And then um, you can follow me or keep me abreast of stuff. I'm yeah. always, if you're an artist in some way, I'm always here to help and give advice. How, do you have your website? Yes. Your so you can you can follow. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Anthony Mindel, all one word, M E I N D L. And the school is on Instagram, or all the schools at some level are under A M A W Studios. Or just our website is www.anthonymindle.com. Yeah. Yeah. How important is social media for actors now? Oh, yeah. You got to do it. You can't be crazy about it. Don't get weird. If you have two followers, you have two followers. Just like anything. You got to start from where you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's also like, again, it's smoke and mirrors as well. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, you just can't get too... So you get a... I, I don't think... Listen, they do ask for that stuff. They want right. to see how many followers you have. Costs. But I don't think somebody has not gotten a legitimate job because right. they don't have enough followers. Yes, some sketchy jobs, sure. Yeah. They're going to go with a cheaper version of it. But if you're going in for like, I don't know, a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, they are not going to pass you by if you gave the best read because you don't even have social media. They're yeah. not going to do that. That's good. So don't worry about it, but you should be on there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
There you go. Okay, final question. Yes. You've really built this amazing thing. Thanks, Dennis. What's the dream now? Either as a oh, filmmaker, God. as a teacher, like, or is there I some mean, side thing that you want to do? I mean, you know, side thing, I haven't... I mean, look, I am really into... I feel like sometimes I just want to quit everything and be a climate activist because I think it is going to be the peril it's of... It's life and death. Yeah, it is. And people are in complete denial about it. Yeah. But, um, but I feel like I can make a difference through the storytelling. And so, and I, I have great passion about telling stories that are important. You know, what's his name? Uh, 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 Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Love him. He says that to be a, a filmmaker, a creator nowadays, there is no other reason to create movies except for creating social change. And I think that that is so true. You know what I mean? Like, why are we... Listen, every, one person's trash is another person's treasure. So there's enough for everybody, but I feel that way too. Like, I want to do things that are impactful. Right. Well, you know also, I mean? you've been at it a while. Yeah. You want to, you know. I don't want to just make something that people don't remember in that regard. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That you think about. Right. It yeah. stays with you. Yeah. So I have this movie I've been trying to get made for 15 years. We are so close. So send me good juju that I love we're going to get it. It's, You're getting it's a all powerful my woman, a powerful woman story. So yeah, it's a powerful woman story. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing you could do yourself, like this one, or is it more like? Listen, I've given myself. We were supposed to start filming this past month, then the, half of the money fell apart, and now we're regrouping. We have it with a couple famous people we're waiting to see. But I have a plan A, B, and C. And worst case scenario, my DP is the same same crew probably. Yeah. We're like, if we can only do it for $100,000 or something, yeah. we're going to find a way. Hey, I have another question. Yes. I always say last question is not the last question. Okay, yeah. Second to last for question. For an acting teacher, for somebody who does what you do, what's it like to vote for awards? Well, that's weird, isn't it? Because right. I just got interviewed for something about that, and I thought, it's... It's so subjective. Of course. And also, how do you compete a war... How do you compare... Jojo Rabbit is not uh, bomb, bombshell. Right. Harriet Tubman is not... Uh, right. Parasite. You right. know? I mean, Parasite to me was like, okay, yes, the best movie of the year, but but, but that... But, what does it mean? What does any right. of that mean? I think this is so radical. The only way, and even this would be subjective, is let's say in the acting categories, in, you can't compare performances... Antonio Banderas was so amazing. Did you see it? I loved it. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Right. But that's a completely different nuanced, subtle performance than Joaquin Phoenix and a flashy... And he was amazing, Joker, too, yeah. right? But, it's, but what if every... All five actors had to play the same role? Then you can compare which each actor brings to a role that makes it come to life in their own way in a different way. That's the only way. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would like be very it, interesting. Yeah, just give them, They all show up at the Oscars, and you give them a, you give them a two-minute scene. Yes, that's right. Go you all that. have to do go this. By the, go by the vending machines right. and figure it out. This is the deciding factor. Yes. Yes. Would Meryl Streep win each time? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, she may not be great on, 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 on the pressure. On the fly. Yeah. And having everybody play that role yeah. that she's nominated for, would that yeah. be interesting? That would be really interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should come up with a Maybe J-Lo would crush that. it. Yeah, J-Lo. J-Lo got robbed a little. Thank you! Because, you know what? Here's the thing. J-Lo got robbed because if she was a hustler with a heart of gold, sending money to, like, yeah. poor kids in Africa, she would have gotten nominated. Right. But she, because she was a hustler who was taking money right. from, like, from men. rich, white men. Yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't get behind it. 
and I love what that movie had to say about capitalism and where we are. Oh my god! You got to have another angle. Oh my you, god! Everyone yeah. has to hustle yeah. because yeah. The, the the rules are so skewed yeah. that you can't against you. Yeah. You can't just play by the rules and yeah. and maybe if you're lucky you might be able to build a life. But anyway, she I, was yeah. she was robbed. Thank you for yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that. Okay. But, you know, it's so... It's crazy it's anyway. It's crazy, right? I love it. All right. Dennis, this was this so fun. This has been super fun. Thank All right, you. so everybody go on Hulu and watch uh, Anthony's movie. Oh, it's very, 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 very much worth your time. And it's so well done. So congratulations. Thank it's you. It's been really fun. And um, good luck with everything. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Keep on, kids. Keep it on. Thanks again to Anthony Mindel. Go check out his movie on Hulu, Where We Go From Here. All right, so this happened. I saw... A number of shows in the last couple of weeks by past guests on the podcast. I saw David Dean Bottrell's David Dean Bottrell Makes Love, uh, which we talked about just last week. It was terrific, and I encourage you to check out the audiobook. I saw Nadia Ginsburg, who's been on the podcast before, doing Anxious and Dangerous, where she crushes it as Madonna and Cher. And, I, and she did Cher on roller skates, which I had never seen before. And there's this music video where Cher was... Um, Roller skating around all these truckers and stuff. They all look like they were in a 70s gay porn. I'd never seen this video before. And I forgot what the song even was. It was like rolling on. or I don't know what it was, but it was like mind-blowing. And Nadia skates as good as she acts and dances. So she's fantastic. Um, I saw my friend Nora Burns do her one-woman show, David's Friend. She's been on the podcast before. They were recording the show... For a possible release at some point. So that's really exciting. It was fun to be there. And if it ever comes out, I will let you know. But the story I have is about a show that I didn't go see. Okay, so last week, early last week, I got a message on Hinge from this young man. And Hinge is the dating app that uh, Chastin and Buttigieg met on. So I I got on there. And it's a little more, it's not super hookup-y. It's a little more... Dady or whatever. And it was this young man who was in a very acclaimed ballet company and happened to be in Orange County last week. So we start chatting and he's a little flirty. I'm not very flirty at all, but I'm very interested in his life as a ballet dancer. Like what's what's that like? And he had just come out and, and sort of was was uh wrote a wrote a piece about bullying for dancers because a while ago there was that access hollywood idiot that made fun of uh prince george for taking ballet class and there was that whole backlash and as a dancer who's been like the only guy in dance classes back in the day i you know i think it's important to stand up for boy dancers so anyway this kid wrote an article that was really um impassioned and interesting whatever and so long story short i decided um you know, I said to him, I said, if I could find a ticket, I will, I'll come and see your show. And so, uh, the tickets were not cheap, but then I, I searched later and there was one cheap ticket ish, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to grab this ticket and go see him. So I bought the ticket and then I, I messaged him back on hinge and said, um, you know, I've got the ticket. I'm going to come down and hopefully we can say hello or whatever. And he was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have any time. You know, whatever. So then uh, I went back on Hinge to, to update him, and he had left the app. He quit. He's not on the app anymore. He didn't. He was like, I'm out. And so I, I had found him on Instagram already, and um, 
I messaged him to say, look, I hope I didn't creep you out by getting a ticket. Uh, and he was like, no, no. I, he goes, I'm not on that app very often. Um, and, but I don't know if I'll be able to, I'll have any time. I'll be very busy or whatever. Um, so I'm like, all right, whatever. So day of comes, I got a lot going on and it's a schlep down to Orange County and it's looking like it's going to take two hours on the, on the freeway. So I decide to take care of myself and eat the ticket and not schlep down there to see somebody who might not even be able to say hello, even though I would probably enjoy the show. So it felt like a very mature, I'm taking care of me. I don't, I don't want to go down there, schlep all that way, and then be like, no, I can't say hi. And so I did the, I think I did a mature thing. There would have been a time when I would have been like, no, I spent the $30. I've got to go down. No, you know what? Who am I advocating for? I don't need to, I don't need to see that. So someday I may eat a ballet dancer and actually interview him for the podcast maybe, but it is not going to be this week and it is not going to be this dude. All right, so that's all that happened. Um, thanks for listening. I hope that you are avoiding the coronavirus out there. And uh, stay safe. And thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.